in the middle of a series called uh, Timings, and uh, we're really looking at, at this whole deal or timing. Uh, I added the S myself, uh, but the series we're a part of is called Timing. And uh, really, when it comes to God's timing, uh, one thing I've realized probably in my journey with God thus far is God often will work slower than I want, but faster than I'm ready for. And it's this weird dynamic. Often I'm like, God, when are you? And then at other times it's like, God, I just need a break. There's so much happening. And we live in these two kind of worlds with God of like, hurry up, God, and slow down, God. I can't keep up. And sometimes you can feel that at the same time. And uh, this idea that often God doesn't always work to our timeline, uh, one thing I've come to realize, probably in learning to trust God's timing, For me, it's probably more the journey of learning to trust God's leading, to trust that God is control, to trust that that God doesn't just sit as part of the committee in my life, but God is actually the leader in my world, that God is is in control. And because at the end of the day, when it comes to timing and when God should be doing things and how God should be doing things, uh, the danger in my life, and I feel like for some of us in this room, it's not just me, is, is we can get pretty good at telling God how to do his job. We, we can get pretty good at times of saying, God, you need to move here. You need to move now. You should have moved yesterday, but I'll give you a bit of grace, Jesus. You can still do it today if you want. And we can fall into this trap at times of, of actually at the end of the time, we, we end up telling God how to do his job. Uh, you know, before kind of working for church, I used to be in cabinet making and we did this job in this hospital where we were Anyway, I won't go into details because it doesn't matter to you. We're laminating windowsills. But anyway, for the sakes of it, if you're wondering, uh, and it was this big job. It was an urgent job. Someone had forgotten to do it, the, the, the manager of the job. So they caught us in last minute to, to get it done. And there was this guy there, this manager, this foreman, who knew nothing really. We were there because of his mistakes. But he, had, he was awesome at telling everyone how to do their job. And he'd walk into rooms and come in and just, doesn't matter what trade you're in, he knew how to do your job and how to do it better than you. And he'd walk out of the room and then everyone would just carry on as they were. And that's kind of sometimes when it comes to God, the danger is we end up been like that with God, like we walk into our prayer closet, all right, Jesus, this is what I need you to do this week. This is what I need you to do in my life. And then we walk out of it and God just carries on doing what God does. And and over time, we soon realize that actually God's more in control than, than we think. And so for me, when it comes to trusting God's timing, probably the bigger question in my life it poses is, do I actually trust God's leading? Do I trust God's guidance? Because sometimes even in my life, I've found actually when, I, when I've thought I've been waiting on God, as many of you know, often God can be waiting on us. When, when we think we're waiting on God to deliver an answer, God's waiting on us to, to get our heart in the condition where we can receive the answer. You know, when, when me and Leela, before me and Leela started dating officially, we were just hanging out. Um, as Christians call it, we're just in that hangout space. And uh, that had been going on for about six months. I tried to move the conversation forward a little bit prior to that, um, and it kind of fell like a, a, a load of bricks. And so I was like, all right, back out of that conversation carefully. And so we carry on hanging out for a little bit. But we have been hanging out for long enough now where it was kind of like that unspoken, is somebody going to say something about what this is? We got into that space. And so I came up with a great idea. We, we decided we'll, we'll go out for dinner. It was kind of like our first proper dinner together. 
Um, that's when things get a little bit more serious. They move from lunch or brunch to dinner. And uh, we had gone from the, the lunch to the brunch to the dinner phase now. And I had this idea like, okay, I've got I've to ask a question. I've got to see if she's actually interested in me. Um, and, and really just, just have a shot. And uh, we go to dinner, and in my mind, I had come up with a plan. What I'd do is we'd go to dinner, and then on the car ride home, I'll open up the conversation. Because the last thing I wanted was to open the conversation at dinner and then get shut down and then just awkwardly have to sit there over dinner together and eat our meal. So in my mind, the timing was perfect. Uh, however, in Leela's mind, the timing was all wrong. And so she knew we were going out to dinner because, because we were needing to have a conversation. And while we're at dinner, there's a couple of times where she was like, oh, I need to go to the bathroom. I'm like, okay go to the bathroom a lot. That's, but anyway, it must be a dinner thing. You didn't do that at lunch. But um, we, <laughs> later on, I realized, well, it's actually just going into the bathroom to call a friend and be like, he still hasn't brought up the conversation. <laughs> he still hasn't. <laughs> I don't find that out till later on. But in my mind, the timing was all right. But obviously, the timing was all wrong because <laughs> I was going for the quick escape if it all went wrong. Whereas the whole time, she was actually waiting on me to pluck up the, the, the courage to, to ask the question. What, what I've also found also like that with God at different times, it feels like, like I think I've got the timing all right, and God's like, come on, would you just hurry up and get the courage to go for it? Oh, is now the right time, or is now right the not? Or should I take a step of faith, or should I not? And at times, there's, there's elements where God in our life is kind of like, come on, would you just take a step of faith? Come on, would you just? Because often we're looking for the perfect time, the right time. And, and learning to, to walk with God, I've come to realize, is, is actually trusting God's leading, and in that, trusting God's timing, but also realizing sometimes God goes slower for my grace. His grace towards me sometimes is why He slows me down. You know, you even see it that often in life, what we can be as humans quite easily, especially in our cultures, we can be quite goal-driven, destination-driven. But when you really unpack the heart of Jesus, the person of God, God's not so much worried about the destinations he's taking us to, but the person we're becoming, the condition in which we're going in. And while we can be quite concerned about the stature of our life, really what God's concerned about is the state of our life. Because if we would mend to the state, take care of the state, take care of the who I am and who I'm becoming, God would take care of the where I'm going and, and what I'm doing. And at times, we're often wanting God to move ahead on the what we're doing, whereas God at times will slow us down so he can take care of who we're becoming, how we're developing as people. In fact, there's even times uh, in, in Exodus when, when we, we know the story well, when, when Moses was leading the people out of Egypt in Exodus 13, instead of going the shortcut way, you know, in verse 17, it talks about when Pharaoh let the people go, go God did not lead them on the road through the Philistine country, Though that was shorter, God said if they face war, they might change their minds and return to Egypt. So God led the people around the desert toward the Red Sea. In other translations, say God took them the roundabout way. And sometimes in what I'm praying seasons to finish, God is saying, no, you need this season to grow. 
Because the season you're about to head into, there's things you need to learn right now. And there's been times even in my life where, where I believe where, where I've prayed for seasons to end instead of going, God, what is it in this season I need to learn? What is it you're trying to grow in me, develop in me? And when, when it comes to, I guess, trusting God's timing, it's, for me, it's probably less just here's the goals we, I want to achieve, God. But it's actually when, when Pastor Sam first said, we're going into a season of timing. I thought, oh, great. Because I thought, I thought about initially through like rhythm, and I've got terrible timing. Like, uh, I like going down to the South Island churches because they all clap out of time like me. And so, because my, my, my timing is, is, is terrible. It's terrible. And you know, when we immediately got married, one of the things at the wedding I was most concerned about was the first dance. Like, okay, don't step on the feet. Don't step on the feet. Because my, my timing's terrible. But one thing I've come to learn with God is actually walking with God is less just destination-based. Let's get there. It's actually, I've found probably the easier way to describe it is more learning how to dance with Jesus. How to actually get in rhythm and in flow. And I can't demonstrate it because it won't make any sense. But it's that sense of actually learning, learning to dance Dance with God, learning the rhythms God wants to walk us in, the ways, the seasons, the times, learning to allow God to walk us through the right season, but more importantly, at the right pace. Hey, you need to speed up. Hey, you need to slow down. We need to take a moment. Okay, come on, it's time to move on now. Come on, it's it's, it's not right or wrong. It's come on, what's the season and what's the pace God's calling you to move at right now? At times, it's let's go full on ahead in here. Hey, at times, let's stop for a second. And let's just, okay, at times, let's leave Egypt right now. Okay, let's slow down for 40 years and just sort some stuff out. And then, okay, let's go again. And times with God, I've found that there's rhythms in God. And learning to trust God is actually learning to trust God's leading and leading us through the, through the rhythms and at the end of the day, because the danger is in my life, and this is probably the danger some of us fall into, is at times the danger is we try and rush God. We try and rush God ahead of where we actually need to be, that, that the sense of, of we need to move forward. You know, a little while after me and Leela started dating, it's interesting because you've got Christian friends and non-Christian friends. We've got Christian families and non-Christian families. And so six months into your dating, official dating life, it's interesting because at church the conversation is, when are you going to get married? Just trying to rush the thing. And, and the conversation on this side like, what? You're talking about marriage? What's wrong with you? You're only 25 years old. You know, it, it's, 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 it's this power. Parallel worlds of actually, actually knowing that at sometimes there's seasons where it's like, you know, we need a rush. And then other times the same season, someone's perspective can be like, no, you just need to slow down. You just need to take a moment. And it's learning to, to take inspiration from others and the journey they're on, but also don't take their timeline and make sure it fits you. Some people, you know, especially, you know, back on my day, by your age, we were married and had 14 kids. So I'm like, well, we have Netflix. You know, like, there, there's, this, there's this thing that sometimes we can take inspiration from people, but the danger is we look at those who even aspire us or alongside us and go, well, at that age, at that stage, they were doing this. And, oh, oh, and, and we, put, we put timelines on ourselves that God's not even asking us to carry. That actually God's saying, yeah, that's good for their season, but that's not the season you're in. That's for where they're at, but that's not where you're at. 
And you, you even see this actually take place in the book of Mark. There's this moment, and uh, if you've been in church for a while, you might be familiar with this moment. But it's when Jesus gets the question about his disciples not fasting. And in Mark 2, we pick up the story in verse 19. It says, now John's disciples and the Pharisees were fasting. Some people came to Jesus and asked, how is it that John's disciples fast? And the disciples of the Pharisees are fasting, but yours are not. Jesus answered, how can the guest of the bridegroom fast while he is with them? They cannot so long, they cannot, so long as they have him with them, but there'll be a time will come when the bridegroom will be taken from them, and on that day, they'll fast. See, what happened here is they, they had taken this, this idea of, okay, now's the time for us to fast. And the reality is, is what the Pharisees are doing here, and this is the trap, even what the enemy sometimes does to us, is, is he, the Pharisees take John's disciples, because John and his disciples was considered to be uh, comrades or close with Jesus. So they were considered to kind of, kind of be, John, John was very much in agreement with Jesus. He, he talked about Jesus. So what they did is they didn't say just our, our disciples are fasting. They said, hey, John, even the one you consider Jesus uh, to be holy, to be right, to be the greatest, uh, is, is their disciples are fasting, fasting, so why aren't yours? If they just said, oh, our disciples fast, why aren't yours? It would have been an easier parallel. But what they take is, no, no these guys seem to be right. And how come they're doing it, but yours aren't? But what they didn't realize or what the story doesn't tell you, at that very time, John is currently in prison. His, his life is in danger. And, and so Jesus, the time for John's disciples was to fast because their, 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 their rabbi was in great danger. So what does this season require? It required some people to pray and fast and petition and hold on in faith. That was the season they were in. Jesus' disciples had their rabbi. They had Jesus. It was a season when they were moving through. And, and in fact, the reality is how Jesus taught his disciples to fast was in private, was in secret. Whereas the, the other way, everyone knew when the Pharisees were fasting and Jeez, so they wouldn't even know if the disciples were fasting or not. They, they wouldn't actually know because of how Jesus taught fasting. Was it, was it a devotion in your heart towards you and God? Do it in private, do it in, do it in secret. But what they're doing here is they're taking one person's season and paralleling it against another person's and saying, why aren't you doing what they're doing? Why aren't you as good as them? You know, growing up, we, there was always those kids eh, driving home from church, and mum's always like, why aren't you like those other kids? <laughs> I don't fight so much. I'm like, you don't know. <laughs> I've seen them in their houses. They fight worse than us. But it's that, that reality is, is sometimes we, we look at other people, or even, and even we can, we can compare ourselves to other people. And while other people in another season that's requiring a different thing, we take on that expectation on ourselves and we start to compare. And the danger is we can even do the right thing, but in the wrong season. It could be the right, fasting is a good thing. Jesus saying fasting, he didn't say fasting was a bad thing. He just said, that's not the season for these people right now. That's not what my disciples need right now. It's the right thing, but that's not the right season for it. And part of learning God's rhythm and learning God's timing is learning not just what is it right to do, but what's right for me to do now. What's needed from me now? 
What's God leading to me to me now? Because there's this story, the danger is we, we, we rush Jesus. And, and one commentary talking about this passage, you know, one commentary just said this line, I thought it was quite interesting, and, you know, talking about the, the religious duties. And it just said, every duty is to be done in its proper season. And the question we've got to ask ourselves even in this season is, God, what season have you in, me in? And what duty? What is it you're asking me to do? Because at times the danger is, like I said, we can, we can rush God. In fact, in, in Luke 10, there's just this passage I want to quickly look at this morning. This is, again, some of you would know this passage. It's the story when Jesus goes to the home and Mary and Martha are there. And in Luke 10, verse 38, it says this, As Jesus and his disciples were on the way, they came to a village where a woman named Martha opened up her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be done or had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen which is better, and it will be not taken away from her. It's interesting because there's nothing wrong with Mary being in the kitchen. It just wasn't the time for that. There's nothing wrong with what Mary was doing. It was just the wrong time for that. And as she had missed what God was trying to do because she was too caught up. What, doing the wrong thing, but not the right thing for that season. Not the right things. And, you know, Martha got the timing wrong. And really what I want to just quickly do this morning in the last nine minutes we have is just look at a few reasons and I think what caused Martha to get the time wrong. These probably aren't all the reasons, but these are my reasons as I observe Scripture and look at some commentaries around it. First thing is why I think Martha got the time wrong is she put the wrong importance on the wrong thing. She put the importance on the wrong thing. And that's why sometimes in life we end up putting so much weight behind things that God doesn't even really care about. We put so much importance, we put urgent on unurgent matters. This just has to be done. Well, does, does, it, does it really? According to who? What, what sets your priorities? What sets your, oh, it just needs to be done. You know, the reality is time reflects what we value. And the question we've got to ask ourselves is, is what are we putting so much time towards? Because that's at the end of the day, what we're putting so much importance towards you end up doing busy things that no one really asked for. You, do, you see it at all different stages of life. You can get busy in your career. I'm just doing this for my family. And the family's like, we, we don't really care about that so much. If you just be at home a bit more, we'd care a bit more. We, we can put focus on the wrong things. We can put too much importance and we find ourselves busy. We get busy. But that's, that's why I love things like the New Year's period, like that New Year's stage, New Year's Eve, you know, unless, unless you're spending New Year's with a Debbie Downer, it's normally a pretty good time. But, um, you know, you get those rhetoric sometimes, oh, we just wake up in the morning and it's just another day. I'm like, yeah, 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 that's true. Scientifically, you are correct there. The sun will come up again and the day will, the world will keep turning and we'll just carry on. But I also think there's something special about seasons. 
And different seasons are for different things. And that's why, you know, even in the Jewish calendar, there was times where they would gather together in festivals. They'd all come together, just put their tools down and come and say, why? Because I believe there's actually seasons where you need to stop and reevaluate. Is what I'm doing actually important? Is what I'm doing actually leading me to the person God's called me to be? Is what I'm doing, and I've found things like shout, even times like New Year's. It's a reflective period where we need to ask ourselves, come on, are we just busy being busy? It's amazing how much this world is just busy at being busy. We're great at being busy. Oh, what have you been up to? Oh, you know, just being busy, eh? Oh, doing what? You know, busy stuff. We've just got this, this, heart, this rush, and, and at times we can even become overwhelmed in ourselves, and there's times we actually need to sit and just go, God, am I actually doing what you want me to do in this season? You know, the, 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 that kind of leads us to the next point. It's one thing you realize as you read through the Scripture. She, she missed what was actually going to please Jesus. When she opens her line towards God, she says this, Lord, don't you care? Like, don't you notice all I'm doing? She thought what was going to please Jesus wasn't actually what Jesus even wanted. You know, a couple of Sunday nights ago, I was speaking in the Merck at our, at our 5 p.m. service and shared, shared the story um, how when my mum got saved, she, she fell in love with Jesus and I would say a little bit too much in love with Jesus uh, and became one of those you know, most mums in the 90s that knew Jesus were those, those real Jesus-loving Jesus mums. And, um, <laughs> and uh, you know, I shared, I shared, you know, I shared hide scripture in my lunchbox. And, you, you know, as a kid, you eat it before your friends find it. And uh, at the age of 15, most of my friends were sneaking out to go to parties. And I was sneaking out to watch Harry Potter. You know, and, and, and just because I had, I had a mum that was just so in love with Jesus. Um, the, the thing about our 5 p.m. service, though, is we live stream it. And... Um, my mum was watching, and uh, <laughs> I get a text at the end of the service. <laughs> my mum texts me, actually, and just goes, because, uh, <laughs> you know, anyone that's growing up with a Christian mum has, has a degree of just, there's some church stories out there that you hold on to and laugh about. And um, she texts me and goes, because my mum actually fell in love with Jesus in quite a radical way. She didn't come to service and respond. She felt the presence of God walk into her room as she was, left uh, as a single mum with three kids and just kind of no hope, didn't, didn't have parents that were Pentecostal. She was brought up in sort of a Catholic environment. Well, I went to a Catholic school and got the fear of nuns in her, and um, that was kind of her upbringing. So she had an idea of God, but the presence of God walks into her room one night as she's just in quite a desperate space and, and, and meets with her and, and just falls madly in love with Jesus. And she texts me just saying, oh, Sorry about upbringing, but I was just so in love with Jesus, I really didn't want to muck it up. And she actually came up the next day, we were having lunch, and we were just chatting briefly. And I was like, Mom, I wasn't, it was like totally fine. Like, it was awesome. I'm, I'm thankful. I learned the value of God, the value of the house, the value of following God's commandments. I learned all that. It was great. But she was like, yeah, there's, there's a lot we did in our younger years, probably as she's reflecting on it, not because so much out of a, just a devotion, but more out of a fear. Like, I don't want to muck this thing up, so I better. Like, I have to do all this stuff. And, and it took quite a few years for, for her to kind of get into a rhythm with God. We're actually going, no, the, I don't have to do all of this to please Jesus. 
Like I don't do all this to try and win God's favor. I don't do all that. And the danger is we can outlive a Christianity, although we know we're saved by grace deep down internally, we're still somehow trying to earn it. Because we still somehow deep down identify with the reality we are broken and we're making mistakes and we're still sinners. And the danger is at times, deep down inside of us can be this motivation, like I come to church to please God. You coming to church doesn't please God so much. That doesn't get you better with God. It makes you more aware of God, so I encourage you to keep doing it. And, but it doesn't, make God, it, doesn't, it doesn't make God love you more. And there's so much subconsciously at times because we're aware of our brokenness, we end up doing things to try and earn favor with God without realizing we already have favor with God the moment we find Jesus. And actually now there's, there was a switch. And I, I remember as my teenage years watching my mother's relationship with God, she still does all the same things, still runs eager. It's been running eager for the last 12 years, same group of ladies, still does all that stuff, still at church, still doing her thing. But it's from a completely different place now. It's out of this understanding of who God is, who God's designed me to be. I'm not doing it for God's favor or to try and please God or make up for a deficit because of my sin. It's done out of this sense, this foundation of, no, I'm so thankful for Jesus so I can give out from that place. And the danger is we get busy trying to do stuff that no one is even asking for. Get busy serving to try and make up in these times. I'm not saying that stuff's bad. That stuff is great. But we don't do it to try and please Jesus. We do it because we realize what it is God's already done for us. The third thing is the, the expectations on her. The reason I believe she tried to rush ahead or misread the season is because of the expectations on her. There would have been a fountain expectation in that Jewish culture for her to go into the kitchen. What Mary was doing was outside of the expectations on her. In fact, it was outside of what was okay for her to do. And there's times as you go through life and go through seasons, this society will put expectations on you. That sometimes God's not even asking you to carry. Society will, will put pressure on you. There's, there's sometimes this foul thing of, okay, this is what a 30-year-old should be like. This is what a 40-year-old should be like. This is what... Later on in your career, I'm inspired by people who change careers later on, restarting and stuff, because I'm like, man, society will just say, knuckle down and bowl on through. People are like, no, they're still in me to innovate, to push out. And there's this ability in her that, that she, actually, she actually was just coming under society's pressures of her both externally, but I would also say sometimes I try and rush Jesus ahead or misread the season is because of the, the internal expectations I put on myself. That's my responsibility. I have to. And there's times where we go, you see, you actually listen to this as she says, she says, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? This pressure she was putting on herself. It's only me. Well, maybe if she had asked a little differently, <laughs> hey, come on, let's all enjoy Jesus' time. So let's just all jump into the kitchen for 20 minutes and just get some food sorted. There's actually people that probably would have been there to help her. But she's just in the corner, like silently. Well, not probably silently, she's in the kitchen. And when anyone's mad in the kitchen, it's quite loud. 
but just there, stirring up in the mind. It's only me. No one's here to help me. No one's here to, no one, it's only me. You know, we can even get there like that in our faith. We get a bit isolated, but independent. Oh, it's only me and all of this and the church just asks on me and, and all, the, all of the stuff we can get in these mindsets and these ideas where, where actually you're not there by yourself. There's a whole house of people. And she gets to this point of frustration, comes out and just blurts out, doesn't anybody care? Like, yeah, probably a whole bunch of people do care about you. But you actually need to stop and just go, hey, you're not in this by yourself. We get so busy rushing around that fourth thing, what I realized is, I know this is sometimes why I misread, is we're waiting on Jesus to do something He was never going to do. In fact, she, she lands that, that, that conversation by saying, Lord, tell her to come help me. Well, God was never going to do that. I can imagine why you're in the kitchen. She probably even was first mad at her sister and then the anger would have turned to Jesus. Well, why doesn't he tell her? Well, Jesus was never going to do that. Gets angrier about God because of the wrong expectations she had of God. You know, there's still times where people are like believing for God to give you the lot of numbers. God's probably not going to do that. Stop getting angry at Him. But we put wrong expectations. We have wrong theology, wrong understanding of God. And so we expect God to do things that God's saying, you know what, that's, that's actually not what I'm going to do. And I don't say that to say, hey, just don't put any expectation on God. No, wait if God an expectation. But understand at times we get, we get busy waiting around, asking God of things that, that God's like, hey, that's actually not what you need right now. And this is the last thing. Sometimes why I misread God's timing is the end of the day is because of worry. You read right through all of this and you start to understand that, that she was rushing. Rushing because she was worried. Worried about who else was going to do it. Worried about what else was going to ta- who else was going to take care. She was so worried about the preparations. She was missing Jesus. One of the things that probably causes me to misread God's seasons that He has me in is actually the worry. We worry about the future. So we struggle in the season we're in. We worry. I remember when I was talking about, I don't know why there's so much stories about me and Leela today, but anyway, there is. <laughs> I remember when, when I had met a dad twice before I had to ask him to, um, if I could marry Leela. Leela's dad's an amazing guy. Um, he, he's not a believer, so 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 doesn't quite understand our life choices. <laughs> he actually, you know, he, he's an incredible father and wants the best for his daughter. But with that, he's 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 a lawyer and runs runs a law firm. And and then here I am, twenty six, part time working for the church. What a catch! <laughs> Met him twice, so I didn't have a chance to win him over with my awesome personality. So I was really just going off my credentials, which, which in his mind, now, now, now it's totally different, but at the time, I imagine I probably wasn't the one or in the career more that he would have desired, just not, not because, actually because he's a good father, I would have been worried if he wasn't concerned because he doesn't understand my decisions. So from the outside, looking at me, I would be like, yeah, if you don't believe in God, this thing kind of is a bit weird. 
And so anyway, I remember being down there and uh, we were there for five days and I knew why I'm there, Leela didn't know about this, but why I'm there, I need to ask him for permission to marry his daughter. And you know, like you ever just been looking for the right time? And we get like four days in and I'm like, man, I just haven't found the right time. I wait until the last night and he's a night owl and I'm not, I'm a morning guy. And so Leela, and Leela's staying up late too. She's a night owl as well. And I'm there falling asleep on the couch, but I'm like, I need to wait till Leela goes to bed so then I can talk to her dad. I'm like, Leela, aren't you feeling a bit tired? I think you should go to bed. She's like, it's 8.30. But, um, and then on the last night, I finally managed to get a moment and create the moment and just say, hey, would have married on. He goes, yeah, that would be fantastic. We love you too. It would be awesome. But I was so worried. I was more nervous about asking him than I was about asking Leela. I was a bit more confident there. She knew my awesome personality. And, uh, but worry is what worry sometimes does. It causes us delay. There was plenty of better times than 10 o'clock on the last night I'm there. I just didn't take them because I was worried. I was worried. Sometimes when I've come to God's time and there's times where I've delayed stepping out and what God's asked me to do. Why? Because I'm worried. I'm worried. I'm worried about the future. Worried about how it's going to pan out. Worried about what's going to happen. God's saying, oh, I'm just waiting for the right time. When I finish my studies, then I will. When, I, when, I, when I've got my head around this career, then I would. When I'm earning enough, then I will. Okay, once we've got a family, then I will. Okay, when we're married and now, and now, but the married comes before the family. Sorry, I got that the wrong way around. When the married, then I will. And the family, and then we got the house, and then I will. And we're waiting for this perfect timing. The whole way at times, there's different times where God's just saying, come on, now's the time. Now's the time, but worry. Worry will rob us from taking hold of God's timing. Because what worry does is worry causes me to take control. Worry causes me to try and figure it out. But timing, what timing takes is timing takes trust. Timing takes trust. 